0: Amen. So we want to continue to remember those that, amen, that are sick in body and those many people are, you know, is suffering from headaches and things that are going on and lots of iniquities are constantly uh, roaming the land and lawliness and unrighteousness and evil seems to have lifted his ugly head, you know, but uh, we know. Amen. Praise God. We've got a word of promise from the Lord. You know, he's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. Amen. He'll be with us. Amen. So we want to get right back into our study tonight. Well, we've been talking about handling afflictions. Amen. And we find that constantly that you know it seems like a lot of people do have a lot of afflictions and a lot of things are seems to be a, on the attack and i i really believe that a lot of it is because of the fact we are in a battle we are in a warfare this is war amen and so therefore we i have to understand that there's going to be attacks there's going to be things that are coming against us and what i find is a lot of people are not prepared for it Amen. And so therefore, we need to prepare, but we can get through it. We can handle it, knowing that God is on our side, knowing that God is with us. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. We can get through these things that we're facing and what we are going through. And we have seen throughout scriptures, we're constantly admonished to to endure to the end. That's the key is to endure to the end. We have the purpose in our heart. We have to make up our mind that we're going to make it to the end. The Bible tells us in the faith chapter in the book of Hebrews that if they had been mindful of the country from which they had came out of, they may have had opportunity to return therein. But now they're seeking for a better country that is a heavenly where God is not ashamed to be called their God. So you have to be fully persuaded. In this walk, you, your mind has got to be made up. As Jesus said, you need to settle it in your heart that you're going to make it. You're going to endure. You're going to go through it. Amen. Some of the times we have to realize that we are being tested in, in so many things uh, of our lives, but that's why the Bibles give us so many examples of the people that are in scripture that has gone through a lot of things in their lives. Now we've already studied that we see the importance of having a solid prayer life. We see that if our prayer life is intact and is strong, we can make it through. James tells us in James chapter five, verse thirteen, he says, "If any of you is what afflicted, let him pray." Amen. You got to go to God with your afflictions, and as I was saying last week, because you want to get wisdom of what is going on. Where is it coming from? You know, is it coming from the enemy of your soul or is God trying to develop something in you? Or is it something that you've caused yourself? So you need to have the wisdom and the knowledge of how to get through what you're going through. Amen. Do I need to learn to wait upon God? Do I need to go out and seek counsel or or get some help from someone else to help me get through it? But I've got to learn how to handle it and not, as I said last week and throughout the whole month, don't react. Do not react to the situation. (laughs) Do not react to the afflictions that's coming into your life. Stop. Take a look at it. Pray about it. Find out what's going on. Amen. And then make a wise decision. As Joel says in Joel 3, multitudes, multitudes are in the valley of decisions. He says, but the day of the Lord is in the valley of decision. Amen. God is right there with us. So we need to... Excuse me, we need to learn how to pray and seek God so that we don't give up. Remember what Jesus says in Luke 18:1, I would that men would pray and not faint. See, so you you when you're talking to God, when you're carrying your cares and situations and burdens to God, It releases you to be stronger in the Lord because your confidence and your faith is remaining and God's ability to get you through, amen, and to be there with you. And so that's what you want to do. You want to continue to pray and seek after God. We also have studied the value and importance of maintaining God's word in your heart. Amen. Paul tells us through Romans 15, 4, that is through faith and the comfort of the Scripture that we find hope. We've got to really get the Word of God down inside of us so that we know. One of the things about memorization of the Word of God is that once you hide it in your heart, you will find that usually when you go to pray, you will find yourself quoting the Scriptures you will find yourself immediately when you're going through things starting to bring those scriptures back up. The word meditate, I think I might have mentioned it Sunday, means to regurgitate. Amen. Or it's like chewing the cud. Uh, you know, you eat it, till you, you you barf it out, you pick it up, you eat it again. Amen. You you want to hide that word in you. You want to, to have strongness in the word of God because we know that What? Faith comes by hearing, and it comes by hearing the word of God. So the more God's word that you have hidden inside of you, the stronger you're going to be. The stories will come back to your mind. The directions from God's word of counsel will immediately start to come into your mind. As Solomon says there in Proverbs uh, 2.10, he says, When wisdom enter your heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion will preserve you and and, uh, understanding will keep you. Amen. It will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. So you can handle afflictions. I hear people say a lot of times around the churches, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I know what you ought to do. The Bible said the children of Iskar knew what Israel ought to do. We need to always know what we need to do. We need to be as David when he was being afflicted and they was talking about stoning him. He went to God. That's an example. Right there, for us, when everything is coming against you and you feel like you've lost all, you need to go to God and says, God, do I pursue or do I leave it alone? You know, you want God's direction. He's called the counselor. And you need to take counsel from God. So we've got to maintain the word. You remember that the psalmist says, amen, uh, in Psalms 119 and verse 92, he says, I had fainted as if except I had believed to see the, the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. Amen. Psalms one nineteen verse ninety two. Unless the law, he said, had been my delight, I should then have perished. In my affliction. See, the law has got to be your delight. Amen. That's what David is saying. If you meditate in the law day and night, the psalmist says, Lord, open thou my understanding that I may behold the wonders out of thy law. The Lord, the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. See, so we, we can get through these, uh, afflictions that we're going through. If we delight ourselves in the word and in the things of God, because he's going to be with us. We're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. We can make it through these trials and tests. This is my comfort and my afflictions. Now, Job gives us an example, which we've also seen. Job says, my foot have held its step. I have not gone back from the words, thy word. He says, I've exalted your word more than my necessary food. In other words, Job says, I'm not going to let go what God has promised me. I'm not going to let go what God says he will do in his word. The promises of God are always yes. And amen. God will not leave you. You don't react to your afflictions and you'll get through it. Because if you react to it, you're going to wind up probably making mistakes or you're going to get yourself more stressed out. You got to learn, as Peter says, casting all your cares upon the Lord for he careth for you. And having that promise that he careth for me, Then I cast all my cares upon him. I take it to him in prayer. That's what James has said. If you afflict it, pray. Take it to God. Leave it there. He says, if you're married, sing songs. If you're sick, call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Amen. So we have to be able to get through. we got to maintain this word. It's, it's so powerful because it's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. Piercing even to the dividers of under. See, the word will come back. That's why the Bible says, keep on casting your bread on the water. Soon it's going to come back on every wave. You know, as the Lord says in Isaiah 55, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and watereth the earth and return not thither, but make it bud, that it may give bread to the eater and a seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be, which goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but will accomplish that where I send it and prosper whereunto I please it. And you shall go out, what? With joy. And be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Amen. The word accomplish what God says. That's that's our promise. So we got to maintain this word in our lives. Amen. If we're going to make it through these afflictions. And we have to learn how to pray. We have to learn how to trust God. Amen. So tonight. I want to move on real quickly here, because this is going to be the last night for this, unless the Lord lead us somewhere else. Amen. And we want point four, maintaining your faith in God. So when you're going through things, you can't lose your faith. That's what Jesus says. I would that men would pray and not faint. Remember now, Paul has already told us in Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we will reap, if we faint not, Hebrews 10, 35 through 39, cast not away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward, but you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive what? The promise. For yet in a little while, he that will come will come and will not tarry. Now, the just has got to live by faith. Amen. Amen. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them that draw back to prediction. We're of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So we've got to get our faith in action here when we're going through things. Amen. We're going to just keep our eyes on the Lord. We're going to keep our faith and trust on God's ability to bring us through and to deliver us. Jesus says, if you have faith, the side of a mustard seed. You can say to the mountain, Be thou removed yonder and to the sea, and it'll be removed. The mountains of doubt, the mountains of fear, the mountains of things, afflictions that come into your life, if you've got faith, you can tell it to move and it'll get out of the way. Praise God. And we want to maintain that shill of faith. That's why Paul says there in Ephesians 6, above all, he says, You take the shill of faith where you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Your faith shield has got to be prepared and ready to repel things that may come against you. If there was ever one in the Bible that had a lot of faith to get through his afflictions, it was Joseph. Think about this for a moment. Amen. Here's Joseph, 17 years old. He's hated by his brothers. You guys don't have that happen. You, amen. Think about it. He's 17. He's hated. But scriptures doesn't tell us really why he's hated. I know the scripture don't tell us that he was classified as Joseph, uh, uh, Jacob's favorite. That because he made him a coat of many colors. Is this why his brothers got jealous at him? Or if, do we look back and at, at the beginning, you know, Jacob really didn't want to marry Leah. You know, he wanted Rachel. Rachel was barren for so long that Jacob is having all these other children, you know, by, by Leah and the midwives and, and things of that. And Rachel, you know, Jacob is born, and in, in, I mean, Joseph is born in Jacob's old age. You know, and so you you're really dealing with a mixed family to some degree. So, is this why they was jealous of him because Dad is showing as much, you know, kindness and love towards them as he is the rest of them? So Joseph has a dream. For some reason, when you look through Scripture and you begin to look at how it's unfolded, somewhere it doesn't tell us, but somewhere Joseph got a connection with God that it doesn't seem the rest of them got. Somewhere it seems like Joseph had a relationship to where God is speaking to Joseph and God is doing things through Joseph and as a result maybe his father jacob picks up on this and as a result but joseph is hated but notice he maintains his faith in his being hated by his brothers they sell him into slavery and i'm still trying to figure out at 17 years old why you can't say hey man these are my brothers you know or you know and you know make some kind of noise but it doesn't seem like he makes any kind of things to stop. He seems to still maintain his faith. He gets into Egypt. He sold to Potiphar. And notice what the Scripture says. He's constantly going about doing his duties. Now, he's a slave. You would think he at 17 he would realize, man, I could escape, you know, that the master is gone, but the master has put trust in him. And as a result of that, he's, it doesn't seem like he's trying to get away. He seems to be a, a faithful servant even in slavery. And he, he carries out, you know, what he's supposed to be doing diligently, even though he's being afflicted as a slave. And so as a result, he's maintaining his faith in God. And then when Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him, what does he say? I cannot do this sin against God. He's still maintaining his faithfulness and God's abilities. Somehow he understands that this is another man's wife. That is, I am not to sleep with her. I'm not supposed to do anything or touch her. You know, he tells her, you're my master. Don't even know what's in this house. He hasn't kept back anything but you from me. Who would have known? But Joseph has a relationship and trust in God's abilities to bring him through. Amen. And as a result, now when he's seduced by and he runs, he's placed in the prison. He gets into prison, he's still maintaining his faith. You know, he's put in charge of the prisoners. The prisoners are subject to him. You know, he's still in a leadership role being developed and used by God, even in prison situation. Then the butcher and the, and the butler is cast in. excuse me, the baker and the butler is cast into prison. And Joseph is still maintaining his faith because what does he do? He starts interpreting dreams inside of the prison that let us know that God is still using him in his environment. He's still going through things in his life. And then when he is brought out to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, notice what Joseph says here. And, uh, Genesis chapter 41 verse, verse, uh, 14 through 16. Genesis chapter 41 verse 16, 14 through 16. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. Notice where he's at. You know, you ever been in a dungeon? You ever toured a dungeon? If you ever go to Europe, go into one of them. Go to Israel, you go, you go in one of them. You know, back in those days, you know, you, you, see them now, you know, they, you know, a little bit different, but back in those days, man, they says when you got put down in those things, you know, if, if you didn't get out, that's probably where you was gonna die. It was right down in there. That's why when you read Jeremiah, the priest says, Hey, if you don't get him out, he's gonna die down there. So you you stop and think, Oh, it was like a pit and a hole in the ground to some degree. You know? And and you know, you think about when Paul and Silas is cast in the prison in the inner dungeon. Deep dark back there. They didn't have lights and stuff and television and stuff like prison have today. How how you know you, you know, they didn't have no you know, outhouses. They didn't have no, you know, none of that stuff like the prisons have today. You know, they, they was just in the dirt in, in the back back there. And so, you know, that's built. It was nasty, you know, and stuff. So he goes on here. And So Pharaoh sent and called him. They brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came into Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have, dre- I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou can understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh and said, Pharaoh said, it is not in me, God which shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace? Notice he's still maintaining his faith with what he's going through and all his afflictions. You know, for some reason he seems to have peace with what he's going through. He seems to have comfort with what he's going through. Amen. He seems to understand that God is right there with him with what he is facing and what he's going through. Amen. Now, notice uh, all this. He's walking and maintaining his faith. Now, look at chapter 50, the last chapter of, of Genesis, chapter 50. Genesis, chapter 50. Let's start... uh Verse 19, and we'll read down through 26. Genesis fifty nineteen through 26. And Joseph said unto his brothers, talking about it to his brothers, Fear not, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day, to give much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comfort them and spake kindly unto them. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he in his father's house. And Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children of Magjar, uh, the sons of Manasseh, were brought up. Under "...upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto a land which he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my booms from hence." And Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Notice, he maintained his faith in God's ability all the way through what he was going through. An example for you and me, that no matter where we find ourselves, We have exceeding precious promises from God. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so Joseph is an example of us and to us of maintaining our faith in God when we're going through things in our lives. Amen. Romans 4, 19 to 21 says, and being not weak in faith, talk about Abraham here. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he was able to perform. Amen. Notice being strong in faith. The the start way to get your faith strong is you've got to be fully persuaded and God's word and what God says he will do. You've got to hold on. Amen. That's why Jehoshaphat when you look at Second Chronicles chapter 20, when they told him that Mount Seir and Ammon and was coming out against him, he went to the house of God, and he called God on his word. He says, God, you said. Amen. And we've got to learn how to pray like that. We've got to learn to hold God to his word. Amen. You've got to hold him to what he says. Amen. Because he's faithful. And if you was holding God to his word, amen, you will see the fact of the matter is your faith will increase. You will believe what you're praying. You will believe what you're asking God for. And God will get you through the situation that your faith's in. How many times in the church have we heard the story of the woman of the issue of blood? Think about it. Amen. She starts out. She seems to have good money. But she's got a condition That is plaguing her. Her affliction is a blood condition. And the blood condition, her blood cycle is not stopping. It's constantly running. And under that time frame, you got to realize a woman, if her blood was still running, she was unclean through that whole process. Everywhere she sat was unclean. She couldn't go to church. She was unclean. Everything was unclean. So you can imagine her mind in the trouble that she's going through. Now she's spent all of her money. She's got worse by the doctors, the Bible says. I don't know if they was doing the exploratory surgery, trying to find out what's going on in her life, but she's gotten worse. But notice when she heard about Jesus, she said within herself, if I can but touch, the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. Somehow she held to that promise that if I can touch God, she got enough faith within herself to believe if I can get to him, I know I'm going to be made whole. And because she had the faith within her and to say I will be made whole, when Jesus came into the area, She pressed her way through the crowd, amen, and she touched the hem of her garment, and immediately her blood condition stopped. And Jesus says, who touched me? Cyprus says, come on, Jesus, everybody's thrown in you. Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, somebody touched me. For I felt virtue go out of my body. And he turned around and he saw the woman. She came trembling fell and told him all. And notice what Jesus says, daughter. Be of good cheer. Thy faith has made thee whole. See, because that's what she said in herself. If I touch him, I'm going to be made whole. I'm not just going to be healed. Everything that's wrong with me, everything I'm going through, it's going to be healed. It's going to be taken care of. And if you ever notice, Jesus always say, do you want to be whole? Amen. He don't want to just touch the thing you're going through. Amen. He He wants to make you complete. He wants you to, to have complete everything taken care of inside of you. Praise God. So Abraham did not stagger at the promise that was made him. Don't stagger at God's promise. Don't waver. That's what James tells us in James 1. He that wavereth is what? Like the waves of the sea, tossed and driven. He says, don't let that man think he's going to get anything from God. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That's why Hebrews 11:6 says, He that cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you've got to, don't stagger, don't waver. Just trust God. This world is not your home. You've got exceeding precious promises. Now, faith is what the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. That's why the the Lord says in Isaiah six thirteen, He will be the holy seed. Will be the substance in the earth. Amen. God is the holy seed. Amen. And His He is our substance. Praise God. He's faith. That's why people say, are you in the faith? In other words, are you in Christ? Amen. You want to be in Christ. You want to be strong and solid in Jesus Christ. Amen. Faith says God is working. Even though I can't see him, he's working. Even though I can't feel him, he's working in my situation and will get me through whatever I am going through. Praise God. Maintain your faith. That's why Jesus is constantly on his disciples. Where's your faith? Amen. Don't throw it away. It's got a great recompense of reward. Amen. That's why that whole 11th chapter is there. Look at Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. Revelation chapter 2. Jesus talking here to the church at Smyrna. Revelation chapter 2, starting verse 8. And to the angel of the church at Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last, which was dead and is alive, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty. But thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulations ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Amen. So the Lord is saying here, don't fear any of the things you're going to be tried with. You're going to be cast into prison ten days. He says, you're going to have tribulations. In other words, you're going to have some afflictions. You're going to have some burdens. You're going to have some troubles. You're going to have some distresses. You're going to have some oppressions. You're going to have some anguish. Amen. All these things are going to come against you. But notice what he said. Be faithful unto the end, and I will give you a crown of light. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. You can make it. You've got to maintain your faith. Trials will show up. Trials will come. That's why they're in the Bible. That's why they're written. That's why we've already told that they're going to come. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 5, Blessed are you when you are persecuted and all matters of evil is spoken against you falsely for my name's sake. He said rejoice and be exceeding glad. But so they did the prophets before you. You're the light of the world, a city that sit on a hill. So when you're going through things, just know, you've got to maintain your faith. You've got to keep walking by faith and not by sight. You don't want to be derailed. You don't want to lose your hope. You can make it. Remember that old poem, we don't know how close we are until we quit. It's when we quit that we realize how close we really was to the finish line. To get through what we're going through. God won't lead you. Leave you. He won't forsake you. So we got to, notice what Peter says, I mean, Paul says there in Romans chapter 5, therefore being justified by what? Faith. We are justified by our faith. We are have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And not only that, but we have access unto God. By the grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Think about it. We rejoice in that hope and the glory of God. And not only that, I like, I like that. I like those words. Not only so, but what do we do? We glory in afflictions. We glory. And tribulations, knowing that tribulations work patience and patience gives us experience and experience gives us hope and hope make us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. We've got power. This didn't come with word only. It came with power. It came with the Holy Ghost. It came with much assurance. So get in the habit of rejoicing. That's why Paul says to the church at Philippi in the fourth chapter, rejoice evermore. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we glory in tribulations. Now notice what Peter puts his stamp of approval on this. First Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, drop down, let's start with verse 3, 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from death. Notice Peter always loved that word lively. You know, he calls you lively stones, see, because you're not supposed to be dead. You're supposed to always be alive because you're born again. Jesus Christ died, he rose again, and he lived. See, when we get up from those waters of baptism, we're supposed to be alive. We're not supposed to be dead. We buried the old guy. This is a new life. We're walking in newness of life. We're walking by faith and not by sight. Amen. Our faith keeps us alive. So Peter goes on here and he says, amen, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Temptation, excuse me. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perished, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love. Whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Amen. Notice, receiving the end of your faith. Your faith has a substance at the end of it. It's called the crown of righteousness. And this is what the Lord has said in Revelation 2. See that no man steal your crown. Amen. So don't lose your faith. Don't give up. Do not stop trusting in God's ability to get you through whatever you're going through. Faith will prevail you. Faith will push you. Faith will keep you going in every storm of life and everything you're going through. That's why Job could say, I know my Redeemer liveth, and he will stand in the latter days upon the earth, and after the skin worms has ate this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. I shall see him for myself and not another. Amen. We can make it. We can get through this thing. We can endure afflictions. When they come against us, we need to tell the devil, amen, I've got a God who with his angels are watching over me. i got exceeding precious promises from God, amen, and I'm going to make it. Uh, I can endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Afflictions may sometimes be used to develop our patience, as we've already talked about this before. That's why Jesus says in 2119, Luke 2119, and your patience possess your soul. We've got to learn how to wait on God. We've got to learn how to not, as I said, react. But wait. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. When I'm going through things, I'm always waiting to see what God is going to do. Sometimes they have a testimony, you got to go through some things. How are you going to know if God can, can get you out of stuff if you don't wait on him? Uh, that was one of the things I learned when I was in the military and with the code of conduct. We do not lose faith. In our comrades. We do not lose faith in the United States of America. Because we've been told we will come and get you. We will come and get you. Don't devour any information that can be harmful to yourself and to your comrades. You've got to learn how to endure the hardness. You've got to learn how to hang in there. Yeah, they're gonna beat you. They they tell you that. You go through training. They teach you. They're going to beat you. They're going to do kinds of crazy stuff. It's going to feel like they're going to kill you. But do not divulge any information that's going to be harmful to yourself or to your comrades. We're going to come and get you. So what was they teaching us back those days? And I wasn't even in the church. Have faith in God. Have faith in the United States of America to come and get you. And what do you see our guys doing? They put their lives on the line to try to get to all the prisoners of war, people that are taken captive because they've been sworn to do those kind of things. They put their lives on the line to deliver. See, and it should be the same way in the church. We will go through some things. But what did God say? I'll come and get you. Amen. Let it work. Let God develop our patience in us to learn how to get through. He told Abraham, your descendants is going into captivity before you ever had any. He told them exactly how long they were going to be in captivity. 400 years. And they was there. And the same thing he told Jeremiah. You're going into captivity for 70 years. But what did God give them with that? He gave them a promise. You ever read Jeremiah 29 all the way through? Amen. God says, don't just go down there and start complaining and murmuring and bickering. Notice what God says in Jeremiah 29. Let me let let me get there real quick. You beat me there. Good on you. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah, the prophet, sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders, which was carried away captive, and to the priests, and to the prophets, and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. After, the, after that, Josiah the king, and the queen, and the eunuchs, the princes of Judah, and Jerusalem, and all the carpenters and the smiths were departed from Jerusalem by the hand of Elsa, the son of Siphan, the Gemini, the son of Helkinah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent into Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, said, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captive, unto whom I have caused. To be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Notice, God says, I'm the one that's sending you. Amen. (laughs) That's right. Don't be blaming somebody else. Wait and see. That's what, that's what they're saying. If you like wisdom, ask God. Is God doing this? Is it coming from somewhere else? Now notice what the Lord says here. Build you houses. And dwell in them. And plant gardens. And eat the fruit of them. Take you wives. And beget sons and daughters. And take wives for your son. And give your daughters to husbands. That they may bear sons and daughters. That you may be increased there. And not diminish. And seek the peace of the city. Whether I have caused you to be carried away captive. And pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall you have peace. Amen. You will stay in perfect peace when you're praying and doing what God is telling you to do. In the afflictions, the promises are there. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets or your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, Neither hearken to your dreamers' dreams which you have caused to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name, I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word to you, and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, the thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where the I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again unto this place whence I cause you to be carried away captive. Amen. Notice what God is saying to us here. Amen. Plant. Get some gardens going. (laughs) He says, when you get there, don't just go down there and start complaining. He gives them instructions what to do while they're in captivity. So God is developing them while they're there. He says, let your sons marry, your daughters marry. Raise, build up again. See, don't stop doing what you know to do is right, is what God is saying. Because He is with you. And after He's finished doing what He's going to do in that trial or circumstance that you're going through, God is going to show up. He's got to come through. Amen. And when He comes through, you're going to be okay. He's going to bring you out. He's going to deliver you. Amen. And that puts you right back in perfect peace. That's why when you look at Mark 5, when Jesus knows that Gadarene is on the other side. This man has been in the tombs. He's been tormented by all those devils. Nobody can, can, can control him. He's been shackled. I mean, did he break the chains? I mean, you talk about demonic force and demonic power, which has him under sedation over there. But as soon as Jesus steps on the land, those demons come and says, what do we have to do with you, Jesus? You come to torment us before our time. And he cast them out of him. And as a result, amen, when he cast them out, notice the man is in his right mind. And he wants to go with Jesus. And Jesus said, no, I need you to go back to your own people and tell them what good things the Lord has done for you. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, we have so many precious, precious promises from God. His Word is ever established in the heavens above and the earth beneath. And we can get through trials and afflictions and things that we go through uh, in our lives because God is with us. He did not bring us out to leave us. He brought us in to carry us, I mean, out to carry us in. We can endure inflictions if we follow God's Word. No matter the condition, no matter the pain, no matter the suffering, the distress or problems we may face in life, Scripture has already given us an example of it, and we can become overcomers if we search the Scriptures for them and do them. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end, then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Scripture also tells us in Psalms 34 17 through 19 the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and deliver them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are a broken heart, and save it such as be of a contract spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. Do not see every problem, every illness, every trial or circumstance that you may go through in life as an attack from the devil. Remember, some things occur because we're in this flesh as God causes it to rain on the just and on the unjust. And then there are some things that God may allow to help develop and perfect us for his glory. As he told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. You can handle afflictions. It is all about how you see it.